I'm Courtney Lundeen, and welcome to the Elevate Motherhood podcast. Do you find yourself wishing you could have more moms, sisters, and friends encouraging you and pouring into you, inspiring you to live as the mom God has called you to be? Too often, our culture minimizes the role of motherhood, but I believe that being a mom is a high calling, and we're answering the call and stepping up to the plate. I love simplicity and efficiency, habits and routines, but my favorite part of life is being a mom. If you want practical strategies to lighten your load, simplify your life, let some things be easy, and make room for what matters most, you're in the right place. I'll remind you that every blessing and provision is God's and help you reflect that mindset in your homes and to your families. Thanks for joining me, friend. I'm glad you're here. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for joining me, and welcome to Episode 1 of the Elevate Motherhood Podcast. It has meant so much to me for you guys to share my podcast. Thank you for being here, and I really hope you like it. Basically, I created this podcast to be the podcast I was looking for myself. I wanted something that's easy to listen to, lighthearted, encouraging, uplifting, all the things we need more of as moms. I do want to try to make this interactive, even though I know it's just a podcast with my voice. I hope that this becomes a community of moms helping moms. So I would love to hear any topics you want me to cover and any additional thoughts you have and want to share about any of the topics we discuss on episodes. We can always do follow-up episodes or I can mention any great tips and ideas that you guys have. I am not an expert really in any way here. I am just thinking of myself as the facilitator of this community as we learn from and encourage each other. So I thought I would start this podcast with one of the best parts of being a mom seeing the world as magical through little kids' eyes. You could go to a pumpkin patch with adults and no kids, or you could go with a three-year-old, and I'm telling you, the experiences will be vastly different. So one of the fun parts of our job as moms is making these special moments happen. Yes, sometimes they do happen spontaneously, but sometimes if we put in a little extra effort, more of these magical moments will happen. Before I start, I want to say that I know some of these ideas are extra. I know, I know. Some of them cost money and some of them don't. As with everything on this podcast, take what you love and forget the rest. Some things may not apply to your family or your aged children, so I'm just throwing some fun ideas out there. Okay, first, kids' birthdays. Why not make them special? When I met one of my best friends in college, her mom still went all out celebrating her on her birthday. It made me think, I am for sure doing that when I'm a mom. Why not? It's not about how much money you spend, it's about making your child feel special. Now that I am a mom, my kids' birthdays really are special to me. I remember their actual birthday. I'm celebrating another year of their life. It is special to me. One easy way to celebrate is to decorate your house. I have seen people do streamers on the doorways to their kids' bedrooms or even balloons that fall into the doorway when you open the door in the morning. You can look up things like this on Pinterest. I personally do balloons scattered around the floor of the house and hang up some signs in the house. I have a reusable felt happy birthday banner that I use year after year for all of our birthdays. Recently, I have also started reusing themed banners or signs from their birthday parties and hung those up in the house on their real birthday if it's a different day than their birthday party day. Another thing that is a recent trend in my area is birthday yard signs. You can hire a company to come put a message in your yard for a few days um, using individual letters that say happy birthday. 
I found some on Etsy that you can buy once and reuse year after year if that's more your style. I will link to these in the show notes. We also started a tradition that we like to call birthday breakfast at our house. I got some of these ideas from Sally Clarkson, who is another mom, an intentional writer and author that I just love. She has some great books and I highly recommend them. We set the table with a You Are Special Today plate. I make a simple breakfast, but we make a point to try to all sit at the table together. And this next part is something my mom used to make us do on my birthday and my siblings' birthdays. But basically, you go around in a circle, and each person in the family has to say what they love about the birthday kid. This is powerful, and I don't think it can be understated. I do remember it feeling awkward having to tell my siblings all the things we loved about each other. But of course, we each loved it when it was our turn to be the birthday kid and hear our family members tell us all the things they loved about us. Then we all say a blessing and a prayer over the birthday kid for their next year of life. Right now, our kids are pretty little, two and four, so mainly my husband and I take the lead on these things, and they will join in more as they get older. Another thing I think is special is to have one present from each member of the family. I am using this strategy to teach our kids about generosity and gratitude. My mom used to teach me how important it is to be grateful and how to write thank you notes and remind people when we are using and loving the gifts they gave us, even at later times throughout the year. But we can't do that if we don't even make a point to remember who got us what in the first place. This can be as simple as a gift like homemade drawings or art, a book, filling a vase with flowers from the garden, or it can be a present you spent money on. It's really not about the gift. It's about the act of giving and receiving. Even though our daughter was still one when our son turned four, I made sure that one of his gifts was from her. I told her beforehand, this is the special piggy bank that you can give your brother. She knew which bag was the gift from her when he opened it. And when he opened the gift, I encouraged him to thank his sister for that gift. When he uses the piggy bank, I sometimes mention how special it is that his sister is the one who gave it to him. Both of my kids' previous birthdays, their big gift from me or my husband was purchased off Facebook Marketplace. One person was selling a giant Hot Wheels garage, including cars, for a low price. For my daughter, we found someone selling all their Paw Patrol toys and the Lookout Tower, also for a great price. So these don't have to be extravagant or expensive gifts. I do think it's special to have something to open, if possible and something from each member of the family, if possible. While we are on the subject of birthdays, I wanted to make sure you guys know about that You Are Special Today plate. According to my quick online search, the original red You Are Special Today plate is from a German company called Vectorsbach. I will link to it in the show notes, but they are available online for about $40. This red plate has been around forever, and it is the same one my family had when I was growing up. I found a different one that is a little more lively and colorful that I purchased for my own family from a website called Natural Life, and it is around $25. I will link to this plate, both of these plates, in the show notes. But basically, the You Are Special Today plate does not have to be only for birthdays. We use this plate to make anything more special. We get it out if they pass another level at their swimming lessons, or get recognized for something at school, or for any reason we consider worthy of the special plate. My kids love it. Next, I'll talk about small holidays, and by this, today, I mean everything except Christmas and Thanksgiving and the big holidays. Those holidays are usually pretty well celebrated with our family and friends, and I'm sure I'll talk more about those on the podcast sometime too. 
But today I'm talking about Valentine's Day, President's Day, Flag Day, St. Patrick's Day, those types of holidays. I got this idea from Gretchen Rubin, who is another author and mom that I just love. She suggested celebrating the smaller holidays with a themed breakfast to make the day more magical. Think heart-shaped pancakes on Valentine's Day, red, white, and blue foods for Flag Day. You can find themed disposable plates and napkins for a few dollars to help set the mood and have a quick cleanup. Or you can use your regular plates and maybe have some reusable cloth napkins that match the theme. You can get creative here and do it your way. But I like the idea of celebrating these holidays at breakfast. It just sets the tone for a fun day, even when the holiday isn't known for major celebrations. Breakfast is easy, low pressure, and usually a time everyone is at home together. You can also use breakfast time to explain why we celebrate certain holidays and make this time educational as well as fun. You can have outfits ready to change into after breakfast that fit the theme of the day, like something green for St. Patrick's Day, things like that. Another fun thing to do on these small holidays is to make something special for their friends. For Valentine's Day, you can even mail some of those little paper valentines to their friends' houses if they aren't in their school or don't see those friends on a regular basis. It's easy to throw in things like stickers in the envelope with the valentine. You can actually mail friends stickers for really any holiday. My kids love stickers and they're lightweight and easy to include in envelopes. For Easter last year, one of our friends mailed us these cute little cross bracelets that my kids thought was so special and loved them. I will include a link to those in the show notes. You can make cookies for friends or grandparents in town and deliver them on a paper plate that is themed for these holidays. Or you could even think of special days that aren't necessarily holidays, like the Super Bowl, the Oscars, your pet's birthday, your kid's half birthdays, a lunar eclipse, the day of a spaceship launch, election day, things like that. What can you do to make those days more special and magical? Another easy thing to do to make special things for kids are morning and evening routines. You may not realize it, but these things that we do day in and day out are forming our child's memories from their childhood. These can be magical moments for them. I think putting a kid to bed is one of the sweetest times on earth, and also right when they wake up. These precious little sleepy kids are just so adorable. I think setting a tone for a great night's sleep or a great day is so important. I know this sounds cheesy, but I literally just made up the most random song that I sing to my kids each day when they wake up. Basically, for the mornings when I walk in their room, I sing to the tune of the Good Morning song from Singing in the Rain, and I change up the words to include things like Good Morning and I Love You. For the record, I am not a singer. I'm actually really terrible at singing, but I don't really care and neither do my kids. I decided I'm not going to pass on an insecurity to them and refuse to sing in case my two-year-old thinks that my pitch is off. We just don't care. When I pick them up and greet them each morning, I say things like, Good morning. I'm so happy to see you. I love holding you when you wake up. Today's going to be a great day. Similarly, at nighttime, I think it's important to set the mood as gentle and sweet. I know bedtime can be a trying time for parents. We are sometimes exhausted, and kids are often not as excited to go to bed as we wish they were but the last things we say to them each day seem so important. I know sometimes it's helpful to hear a script, so this is how I communicate to my toddlers around bedtime. I try to use words to quiet the mood like, okay, remember at night, we have to remind our bodies to get sleepy. If we are crazy and loud and moving our bodies a lot and looking at lights, our bodies want to be awake. 
But since it's time to get ready for sleeping, we need to turn off the lights, be calm, use quiet voices, and remind our bodies to get sleepy. I think reading books to kids is valuable for a thousand reasons. We read maybe one to four books each night depending on how much time we have and how long the books are. I try to remind myself how important this time is, even when I'm having to dig deep to make it through bedtime. When I turn off the lights, I say a prayer for them, offer to let them pray if they want to, and sing a song. My favorite song for this time is The Blessing by Carrie Job. I just sing it to them, and they love it, and I usually scratch their back while I sing. Then when I'm walking out, I say something like, Daddy and I love you, God loves you, you're a joy and a blessing. Good night. My husband and I alternate on bedtimes. We do some of it together, and sometimes we split up and switch off and alternate between our kids. Another thing you can classify as potential magical moments are weather events. If you see on a weather forecast that there's a rainy day coming, you can make sure that you have located rain boots and rain jackets. For some reason, my instinct when my toddler, my firstborn, was tiny was to say, don't splash, you'll get wet. But then I realized, why not? Toddlers love learning. They have to learn that splashing makes them wet. Maybe they don't mind being wet, or maybe they'll learn that being wet doesn't really feel great a few minutes later, but they need to learn for themselves. So I usually make an activity of letting my toddler put on their rain boots and going splashing in the street with me. Our neighbors and people that walk by love to see the joy on their faces. You can also have a certain dish that everyone likes, like chili, pot roast, soup, something that can become your official rainy day meal. It will become a tradition easily just by saying something like, we always love to eat soup on rainy days. You could think of an activity to tie in as well, like we always do puzzles on rainy days or read books on the couch, or build forts, or any activity can become your rainy day tradition, and therefore a memory for your children. If you know snow is coming up, you can make sure that you have the gear necessary for playing in the snow. Have some sleds or some items to decorate a snowman, have sweetened condensed milk in the pantry so you can make snow ice cream, and have a fun activity that can become your tradition for inside the house on snow days, like we always do crafts on snow days, or we always watch movies on the couch as a family on snow days. Along these lines, I think explaining seasons to kids to make the regular day seem more magical. This may not apply for everyone, but here in Oklahoma where I live, we really do get all four seasons, although some seasons are much shorter than others. Here's a script of how I would explain seasons to toddlers. What season is it now? Fall? Yes. Some people say autumn instead of fall. It's the season where the leaves fall off the trees. They change colors and go from green to red, orange, yellow, brown, and fall to the ground as the trees prepare for winter. Isn't it crazy that all those leaves on the trees are going to be on the ground soon? Remember last year when we raked the leaves into bags? It takes hard work. Also in the fall, the weather gets cooler. We bring our jackets with us when we leave the house. What are some other special things about fall? Going to pumpkin patches, starting new school years and sports teams. What season comes after fall? Winter. Winter is when it gets super cold. It might even snow in winter. We love to celebrate Jesus' birthday, Christmas, in winter. We can drive around and look at Christmas lights. We see our whole family around Christmas time. What are some other things you love about winter? Conversations like that help them not to miss some magical things about the seasons God created. This kind of helps you prepare for the seasons and set intentions to make sure you do the things that you want to do and that might be special for your family. I asked my husband what he thinks are examples of regular moments in our family that feel magical to our kids, and he said, being outside. 
He is so right. You have probably heard that if a baby is crying and you can't figure out how to calm them down, get them outside. It almost always works. Outside in nature and God's creation is just magical. Our family likes to walk to some trails near our house and take our kids' bikes out there. I feel like people passing us by on the trails smile so big, just seeing a family together and cute little kids on their bikes. We need more of that in the world. Before we lived near these trails, we used to get in our car and drive to neighborhoods that have good sidewalks and fun things to do and see on the walks. Actually, we still do this. We drive to neighborhoods that have ponds with turtles and ducks or fun playgrounds and swings for the kids to play on. Some neighborhoods have horses that we get to walk right next to. You can find fun places to take your kids outside that feel safe and peaceful, even if you have to drive there. I also love letting our kids play outside in the backyard. Back to what I was saying earlier, yes, they get messier outside, yes, they almost always need a bath afterward, but it is so worth it. Kids love exploring, and there's always so much exploring to be done outside. It feels magical to them. I guess the moral of the story is, anything that is a step outside of a normal day for kids can seem magical to them. And for us as moms, honestly. What is more magical than watching your kid's face light up? Gosh, I just love it. I actually could go on for another hour on this topic and have lots of ideas like these, and I will save the rest for future podcast episodes. I hope you found this episode helpful and have some fun, easy ideas to set the stage for more magical moments with your family. I think creating fun memories for our kids also helps keep our mindset positive. If we view bedtime as a chore, our attitude and words will reflect that. But if we view it as a time to speak life into the hearts of our children and remind them how loved they are and how we're thankful for them, our attitude and words will reflect that. I would love to hear some ideas you guys have of things you do to make things more special for your own kids. Leave a comment on the Instagram post for this podcast episode. I will share some of your ideas in a future episode. Like I said earlier, I really love the idea of this being a community of helping each other and sharing our tips and tricks. Before we leave, I would love to say a little prayer and blessing for you. Lord, be close to these listeners and let them feel your closeness. Let your spirit fill their hearts and their families. Let their children know how much their parents love them and let it reflect how much you love them. Give these moms supernatural patience as they fill special moments with the joy that comes from you. John 10.10 says that Jesus came that we may have life and life abundantly. Thanks for giving us a high calling as mothers. Help us shine your light. Amen. If you want more of the Elevate Motherhood podcast, be sure to click subscribe in whichever platform you use to listen to podcasts. For more information, head to my website, CourtneyLundeen.com. I send a once a week email that will include the most recent podcast episode, scripture and encouragement, and links for things we love or talk about on the show. Thanks for being here, friends. Until next time, let's elevate motherhood.